Welcome to Rivers in the Wasteland. I'm your host, Amanda Williams, and today I'll be sharing one embarrassing story that turned into one heck of a testimony of God rising to the occasion when I desperately needed Him to come through. If you have kids in school, you know that pickup time can be a whole ordeal. If you don't, well, let me tell you. If you want to be first in the car line, you have to get there pretty early. If you have younger kids, you need to coordinate nap schedules. Sometimes it's smooth, but sometimes it's a real mess. One day, I was magically able to get our two middle girls down for naps at the same time. I was about eight months pregnant with our youngest, so the fact that I actually had some downtime was a total gift from the Lord. In our house, naps are sacred. I never want to get a kid up from a nap if they aren't ready. One day, I was really pushing it, though, because I knew I had to leave to get our oldest from school, but I didn't want to wake them up. So I waited to the very last second. I was watching the clock and then finally realized I needed to just wake them up, get them in the car, and hope that they fell back asleep. Thankfully, This particular day, they both transferred and fell asleep pretty quickly. So I'm going to have you join me in the car. You're going to be in my passenger seat. I'm leaving the house. I was feeling pretty good. I had gotten some rest. The girls were asleep again. I'm feeling good, jamming to my songs. Then all of a sudden, I realized, oh man, my gas light's on. I left with just enough time so I wasn't going to be late. And of course, I'm on E. Now you're probably thinking, oh, now she's going to be late because of course she's going to stop for gas. But that didn't honestly even cross my mind. I just thought, I'm going to go get her and then I'm going to go to the gas station right away. Well, I'm cruising on the highway, watching the numbers lower on the gauge because, you know, all the cars nowadays have the gas gauge where the numbers lower as you're getting closer to E. Well, I still had numbers on mine. So I'm like, okay, it's pretty good. Well, all of a sudden, the numbers go from a number. I don't even know. It didn't get all the way down to zero. It goes from maybe like 20 to just low. It skips everything between 20 and zero and goes to low. I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? Does that mean 20 more miles? Does that mean zero? Does that mean five? Does that mean 10? Like, what are we talking here? I need more detail. But then it happened. Yep. I ran out of gas on the freeway on the way to get my daughter from school. All of a sudden, I realized, well, now I'm definitely going to be late because we're going to run out of gas and I'm going to have to have someone come and help me. It's going to be a whole deal, a bigger ordeal than it would have been if I would have just stopped for gas. But anyways, I was past that point. So I called my mother-in-law because, of course, when this happened, Eric was out of town. So I couldn't even call him for help. I call my mother-in-law and I say, this is what's going on. I'm coasting on the highway. I need you to get Amelia from school. Thankfully, she answered. Thankfully, she was home. She lives right by the school. So she was able to go and get Amelia from school. Then I had to hang up with her and then I had to call the school to give them permission to have Amelia get picked up by somebody else. So I get both of those things done. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to get to safety. I don't know what's going to happen here, but we're going to we're going to have to make this happen. So I, I asked the Lord at first. My prayer was, oh my gosh, Lord, please help me. And then something switched in my brain and I said, you know what, Jesus, we're going to do this. You are with me. We are going to get to safety. We are going to be just fine. So I'm all the way in the far left lane and I knew I needed to get all the way over. I had just passed an exit. So I knew I had a couple miles in between. So I had to get all the way over without using my brakes much because if you've ever run out of gas, you know 
Breaks are not your friend. You need all the momentum that you have so that way you can get to where you need to go. So I get all the way over and I kind of pictured God like out there, like Jesus with a vest on, like an orange vest, like, um, you know, if you've ever seen those people in the parking lot for an event, they have the vest and like the little traffic director things and they're like telling people to stop and people to go. That's kind of what I pictured him doing for me on the highway. And so we get all the way over to the right lane and I see the off ramp and I see a quick trip gas station off in the distance, but I was going to have to get off the freeway and take a quick right and then take a really quick left. There was a couple lanes of traffic in between where I was going to have to get over. So I'm thinking, okay, if I can get off the freeway, if I can just keep going through that right turn and just get all the way over in one foul swoop, then that would be the best case scenario. Well, I get on the off ramp and of course, what happens? A red light. So I stop at the red light. Obviously, I'm completely stopped. Again, not my friend. Stops are not my friend at this point. And I'm just waiting there and I'm like, okay, Lord, when that light turns green, I'm going to go. My car is going to move. I know it. So I'm picturing him behind my car, like in his robe and sandals, like behind the traverse. The light turns green. I take my foot off the brake and my car moves. I start going. I go to the right and then I start to get over and I'm moving through a few lanes of traffic. At this point in the day, there was pretty good traffic coming across the bridge. There was a little bit of the hill, so I had that going for me, but it wasn't much. I was just weaving my way through and I got all the way over to the left lane, which was a miracle in itself. I get to the left lane and there's four cars in front of me and the light has turned red. And just like, okay, I'm at my second red light. I'm not really on much of a hill anymore. I'm cut a complete stop. But Jesus, when I take my foot off the brake, my car is going to go. We're just going to do this. So the light turns green. Cars start moving. My car starts moving and I get all the way up there, but everybody's moving pretty slow. So the light turns yellow and then red. And I am now the first car up at the line ready to go through the intersection when the light turns green again. So that is now my third red light. So I'm just sitting there like, Jesus, when I take my foot off the brake, we are going to go. We're going to do this. I know it. You've gotten me this far. You are going to take me the rest of the way. And what I can see at that point, I'm sitting there at the red light. I could see that once I moved through the intersection, if I was going to hit a little tiny bit of a hill and then going into the quick trip parking lot was going to be a little bit of a hill going up. So I was going to have to hit that hill perfectly and get enough momentum where I could go down and then go up into the parking lot. The light turns green. My car doesn't move. I'm just sitting there now with my hazards on praying cars start to go around me and I'm just sitting there like, Jesus, let's do this. Let's go. Come on, move my car, move my car. And then all of a sudden, you guys, my car starts moving. I start moving from a dead stop through the intersection. And I'm at this point, my power steering is hardly working. If you've ever been in a car that's kind of stalled, your car kind of goes back a couple generations to where there's no power steering and all of a sudden like you're really having to work that wheel all the way around. That's what was happening. So at this point, I was rocking my giant pregnant body back and forth as if that was what was going to help me. Then I turned through the intersection and hit the hill going down just right to where I picked up enough momentum to then go up the little hill into the quick trip parking lot. And my car just dies. 
like dies. It doesn't even come to a rolling stop. I go from going up the hill to a complete stop. He got me where I needed to go. I had two kids in the back seat, a giant pregnant belly, and no gas in my car. And I was able to make it from the far left lane on a highway all the way off through three red lights into a parking lot safely. Now, when my car stopped, I just started to sob. I broke down literally and emotionally. I'm sitting in my car sobbing, trying to catch my breath. And this little blonde woman runs over to my car. I'm sitting there sobbing, trying to catch my breath, thinking I'm going to have to hop out of the car and waddle to find a big strapping man to come and push my car to where it needs to go. And all of a sudden, before I could even exit the car or catch my breath, this little blonde woman runs over to my car. She must have saw the whole thing happen. She has me roll down my window and she said, what just happened? What is going on? She sees that I'm pregnant. She sees I have the kids in the back seat. And I just said, I ran out of gas. I barely pulled in here. I need to get my car to one of the pumps. And I'm sobbing. She's like, hold on, take a deep breath. She tells me, I'll be right back. And she runs off. She comes back a couple minutes later with a gas can. She had gone to buy a gas can and then she went and filled it up just enough so that I could get from the parking lot over to a pump. I went over to the pump. I filled up my tank and while my tank was being filled up, she ran into the gas station and bought a bottle of water. She came back over and she got it to me and she made sure that I was okay. We talked for a couple minutes and then she left. I never saw her again after that. I knew that God was with me on that journey to the gas station, that he had someone ready for me in the flesh to take care of me in just the way that I needed so that I could get my car full of gas. It was amazing. I was so pumped when I left that gas station. My faith was just built so much. I knew there was no way that that could have happened without divine intervention. I wanted to tell everyone that story. I wanted to talk about it to my small group. I wanted to text everybody I knew, and I probably did. Now that I think about it, I do remember texting people about this story. And I know that I talked to my small group about it that night. But on the way home, after all this happened, I'm sitting there just praising the Lord, thanking God. And all of a sudden, the negative talk starts happening. The enemy's in my ear. I cannot believe that you let that happen. You should be so embarrassed. Who does that? You are so irresponsible. And this isn't the first time that it's happened. Not the first, second, or third time. And yeah, he was right. This is the fourth time that I've run out of gas. I'm not proud of it. I should be embarrassed. I am embarrassed that that's happened to me so many times. But not embarrassed enough to not talk about it. Because God should get the glory in this situation for sure. But yes, the enemy was trying to play on that. He was trying to play on the fact that I was the one that made a mistake, that I was the one that messed up, that I was in that mess because of my own bad judgment. But you know what? All of the talk that the enemy had and God's truth was even louder, that he wants to be there for me even when I make a mistake, even when I'm the reason that I'm in a mess, he still is available to come and help us. His word doesn't say that he's only available to help us when somebody else is the reason why we're in a mess. He is always ready to lend a hand. He's always ready to bend down and help us. So as I was preparing for this episode, I was going back through all of the emotions of what happened and realizing that there was so many things that the enemy was whispering in my ear, trying to get me to feel ashamed, trying to get me to feel embarrassed, 
trying to get me to feel like I should just keep this to myself because if I wanted to share the miracle that God did, I would first have to talk about something stupid that I did. And that's just like the enemy, trying to be louder than the miracles that God has done in our lives. But we know that God's truth speaks so much louder than the lies. As I was reliving this experience to share it with you, I was reminded of a passage in Psalms. The book of Psalms is full of prayers and songs that are written in a very emotional way. I think that's why I can relate to them because they're just so human. In Psalms 86 verses 1 through 7, it says, Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I am devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and I trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I am giving myself to you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for help. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. I love that. This is a prayer from David, and he's just describing how devoted he is to the Lord. And he's talking about how God is going to be there ready to respond. And some people might say, oh, well, this isn't really a promise of God. This is just somebody crying out and hoping that God will respond the way that they want to. But then in Psalms 91, in verses 14 through 16, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue. I will honor them. I will reward them with a long life and I will give them my salvation. This is a promise of God. If you love him and if you serve him and if you trust him, he will rescue you. He will reward you with a long life. It's something that he guarantees you guys. So when you come into the moments of life where you might just be in a mess, you might be in an urgent situation where the only way that you can get to where you need to go safely is with the Lord divinely intervening, call out to him. He's telling you here that he will respond. And he doesn't always respond in the way that we want him to or maybe think that we need him to. But I do believe that his promises are true. And I do believe that he does respond. He says it here. He is a promise keeper. He keeps his word. So if you are ever in a situation where you don't know if he's going to come through or if you don't believe that he can or will, I want you to remember this story. I want you to remember the time that I made a mistake and ran out of gas on the highway and how God was so quick to jump in, so quick to run to my side, and he got me exactly where I needed to go. I know in my heart that he was with me that day, and he was absolutely the reason why I made it to that quick trip. And I hope that this story brings you encouragement. I hope this story doesn't stop at showing you a time where I did something stupid, but I pray that it glorifies him and shows you that he is capable, that he is able. Going back through this story, I was not only reminded that it's always better to be a few minutes late when we need to do something that is necessary, but I was also reminded just how good God is and how quick he is to show up for us so we come to him expectant, believing that he is able and ready to be there when we need him. Thank you for joining me today. 
If this episode resonated with you, or if this podcast has been a blessing in your life, please leave a review on your favorite platform. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified of all upcoming episodes. Remember that God is at work today in mighty ways ready to make rivers in the wasteland. If he can do it for me, I know he can do it for you.